we all want to be happier. But how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real Podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King. How are we doing today, friends? Everyone good out there? I hope so. And your day is about to get a little bit better because I have an amazing guest with me today who we connected through the interwebs. And I was before we hit record, I was just saying how amazing the internet can be um, when it's used for a force of good and Instagram. And we connected through Instagram uh, because I had Sabi Kerr on my podcast and same type of people. Like we're just on the same page. We speak the same language. But the beautiful thing is, I mean, she speaks a bunch of languages that I don't speak (laughs) in the literal sense because I have Fabiana on the show with me today all the way from Brazil, which is so amazing. Um, Fabiana is a corporate lawyer turned self-love expert. So we are going to jam out today all about self-love, which as you know, is one of my favorite things to talk about. So welcome to the show, Fabiana. Hello, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me here. How are you? Oh, I'm so great. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. And thank you for reaching out to me and wanting to be on the show. I was so excited once uh, we connected and we were able to make this happen. The beautiful thing of the interwebs. Uh, we were just saying how right now it's 11 in Arizona and it's three o'clock for you in Brazil. And it's like the perfect time to do this. So uh, why don't you give a little intro about who you are, what you do, and then we'll get into it. Okay, so I am Brazilian, like you said, and I've been in the corporate world for over 15 years as a corporate lawyer. I had a pretty perfect close and open bracket lifestyle in Brazil. I had a good job in my area. I had a fiance that loved me and I proposed. I had a lovely family but there was something missing and I didn't know what it was. So I then went to London um, and I've been there for 11 years now. And in London, I started my whole process of deconstruction and I started to dig deep. And it, I, there I was reborn as a, a life coach, a self-love expert, and I'm a writer. I'm actually, I'm, I'm a writer for a Brazilian magazine in London, so it's destined to the Portuguese-speaking people. And I'm a public speaker, but this was only possible because I made a decision to marry myself first and to really embark on a self-love journey that took me years and will take the rest of my life because it's an ongoing journey. But it was one of the hardest, toughest journey, but definitely one of the most re- rewarding journeys I've been with so far. So cool. So it's like, isn't it so funny? Because I'm sure so many people look out on Instagram, for example, and see someone living like a perfect life and they have no idea 
what's going on behind the scenes. And I think it's just, it, it's so special. And the people in the world that like you that have, are able to own that and create something so beautiful to help other people through it. So how, like, how long was this journey for you? So I, I started to feel the pain of, was a soul pain. So I needed some soul searching, but at the moment when I was in Brazil engaged and in, in a good job, I thought that I was supposed to want this mm. because everyone wanted that. And I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell any of my friends that I wasn't happy because they just thought either I was crazy or ungrateful, which mm -hmm. was not the case. I was really grateful for all the blessings I had, physical, emotional, and spiritual health, a lovely family. But there was something missing. Um, so I remember when I went to London in 20, end of 2010, I started to fall out with my profession, even though I was doing a master's for international law in London. But I was starting to fall out because I was not impacting people's lives the way I wanted to impact. Mm. And then I realized, then it was my aha moment. I did law because I wanted to change the world. I wanted to voice the oppressed. I wanted to fight the system. And the only power I had was to change myself. Mm. So I said, okay, Fabiana, you know what? There's a Chinese proverb that says before you go out and change the world go around your house three times <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did I started to really dig deep and I started to do I've always done self-development courses since I was very young and I started to go even deeper on that and at, on 2015 I met shadow work mm -hmm. which really catapulted my self-development and self-discovery it was a very tough year, very hard emotionally for me. It was draining. And at that moment, I had to make a decision of whether I would be fighting my shadows forever or was I ready to accept and embrace my whole being and be able to love myself whole with all my imperfections and my defects and just my humanity. Um, so I decided for the letter. Mm. And started to really do the, now the work wasn't the fighting anymore. It was the reconciling. So looking at myself with compassion, forgiving myself, uh, really embracing my shadow side, loving that unlovable parts of myself mm. and incorporating and really becoming a well-rounded -round, human that was no longer striving to be perfect. Mm. And I couldn't care less at the point if I had, you know, more than seven years of studies and of time and money invested, invested in law, because at the end of the day, it's just a diploma, it's just a paper, it doesn't define me. And if I'm not happy, what's the point of doing it? Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to, to look for something that gave me purpose. And I've always knew that my purpose was to serve. Mm -hmm. If it was in law, it was to serve um in life coaching just came very naturally i always love psychology i've done a lot of other courses archetypal psychology outside of law 
So it just came very naturally. It was like I open it up. I open up to the universe, and then the universe open up to me. Mm. <laughs> ah, speaking my language, and it's like it's so amazing when you surrender and like full surrender, like what what you think you're supposed to be doing, or the fears of looking bad because of the the degree, or like whatever you like, you know, pivot into something else. But like when you surrender and just allow whatever it is to flow through you, like how things just happen for you right it like definitely serves it I like I I relate to that on so many levels Uh, so tell me a little bit about shadow work so I've talked about this before and I've obviously done my own and I've noticed when I started doing shadow work I was really resistant to it like I'm like I don't I don't need shadow like I just I like and that was like my ego being like I don't need shadows like you've been doing this like you're fine right and I found myself really resistant to it so Explain a little bit about that and how to get into shadow work and how it works. Sure, sure. That That is a common misconception. Also, people, when they hear the, the term shadow, they automatically, automatically think that is something dark and daunting. But the shadow was a, the term was introduced by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. And by shadow, he only meant what is on the unconscious. Mm. So is what is yet to be illuminated. Mm. And as a matter of fact, Jung used to say that until you bring your unconsciousness to conscious, you're going to let the unconsciousness drive your life and you're going to call it fate. Mm. So you see the importance of this. Mm-hmm. And taking a little bit out of the the theory and bringing into practice. Mm -hmm. What is the importance of shadow work? It's, I've done it so many times and I bet, you know, almost all human being has done it as well. When someone does something to us and we react in a very, like completely out of proportion, Mm -hmm. it's those emotions and feelings that was there being suppressed for all this time gets triggered by just a small a small spark. So we and we see that on a larger scale in road rages, in school shootings. Mm-hmm. This is all the shadow side. It's all the emotions that was repressed, suppressed, or denied over the over the years. And in shadow work, they say whatever you cannot be with won't let you be. And especially now we have this wave of positive psychology that, oh, you're feeling bad, just think positive. Oh, you're feeling sad, just think nice things. It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It's like you're putting the dirt under the carpet Mm -hmm. and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So in order to, to, to move on, you must allow yourself to feel whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If it's a sadness, feel that sadness. If, if it's jealousy, feel that jealousy. You know, we are all human beings. We cannot pick and choose what we're going to feel. It's a whole range of emotions. I think it's so criminal to think that you can only think positive 24-7 for three, 365 days. Mm-hmm. This is as criminal as being angry all the time because as part of nature we are also cyclical. Mm -hmm. And if we look at nature, we see that everything 
It's made of contrast in opposite courses. We have day and night. We have winter and spring. We have moon cycles, menstrual cycles, tidal cycles. So how can you expect that from your soul to be in one season for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. It's great to request that for, from yourself. Mm-hmm. So the work of shadow work is to get every emotion or subpersonality or feeling and allow it and get in touch with it. It's not to indulge on it, but get in touch with it. And once you get in touch with, with it and you recognize that all of these feelings, co- they coexist within the same body, you're able to accept that about yourself and be less judgmental about yourself. Automatically, you're less judgmental about others. And I think everything starts to flourish then. The relationship you establish with yourself starts to, to be lighter. The relation, automatically, the relationship you establish with others and with the world. So it's just huge, the importance of shadow work, especially in the times during these times is it's huge mm-hmm. mm, so good I did I just recently did a, a, a episode about toxic positivity um, which is what you were just talking about it's like to be in one season of positivity is just not living the human experience and I know from my own like I have been a person of pos- toxic positivity because I didn't know how to process those harder, more difficult emotions, not good or bad, just the more uncomfortable ones. But through my own shadow work, I've learned that like my positivity, cause that is my, like, that is my default is so much more magnified after I go through the hard emotions. And it's like been through this process and it allows me to like sit with other people who are having hard emotions. Whereas before when I was younger, I would be so squirmy if someone was going through a hard time because A, I didn't know how to, what to say. B, I didn't know what to do about it. Instead of just allowing them to have that experience, I didn't know, like I thought I just had to fix it. So that's been my own work for sure in like the shadow world. Now I'm very curious because this is something that has been coming up for me. Recently, uh, I introduced you to my sweet pup, Benji, uh, you know, before we recorded and he like, I'm not, I don't get angry very often. It takes a lot, but if he is being like, there's been times where he has like, he's my teacher, obviously, and I don't have kids yet, but I know he's like prepping me where he's like nagging me, like instigating me, like doing stuff. and, And he like stepped on my face in like a very like aggressive way. And I like had this rage and I've only experienced this rage with him. Like I don't, it really takes a lot to make me angry. And I was like that, what, like what is, and there's a part of me that doesn't think it's my own. Like I think it's from generations, like of of (laughs) generational stuff going on here, but it is like very fiery and it's very angry. And after I feel like what just happened, like I felt like I got abducted because it's a rage that I've never experienced before in my life. And I was just like taken aback by it. And I think in the past I would have just put it under the rug and been like, Oh, like whatever. But because I do this work, I'm like, okay, like what is going on here? So like, what would you, how would you walk me through that experience? Because obviously that was triggering into a place of rage. 
Yeah. So the first thing is to understand that is this is very normal, um, and it's it's common to all of us human beings. Um, when we are born, it's our normal default to, and we are doctrined this way. We want to be loved, right? The greatest thing you ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. We all want to be loved on the eyes of the other. So when we are born, we want the love of our parents or caregivers. And we are doctrined to act as a good kid. And if you're good, you receive the present or an appraisal. And if you're a bad kid, you are grounded. So we, since we are kids, we're doctrined to just show our good side because we want to be loved in the, in the eyes of our loved ones. So that's the first thing. As you, your, your dog is like, I have a dog and it's like a, it's a, like a human being to us, right? We love them dearly. And obviously we want them to love us back. Mm-hmm. So you want to be perceived as, I oh, you know I love my owner. Mm-hmm. The best is the greatest. <laughs> and it could be that when he does this kind of things, because you, your normal default was being positive all the time and wanting his love, it could be that you didn't allow yourself to be angry when he was doing naughty stuff, which is perfectly normal because sometimes we need to be the nasty educator mm-hmm. and you know put them off, even though we may think that because of that, he's not going to love us anymore mm-hmm. or as much. Mm-hmm. So we're scared of losing this love. And then we repress certain emotions that we think that if we show up, he's going to deemed us unlovable. Mm -hmm. So it could be that you've been repressing it for a long time and just, you know, I'm going to lay it out this time. Next time I'll do it. And and then it just blows up. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's like, you know, the people's pleaser that has a hard time saying no. Mm -hmm. And that's me. Like I used to have a very hard time saying no and I was saying yes when saying yes was detrimental to my health. Mm-hmm. At some point I just exploded and I was like shouting out of the blue of, you know, without any reason because I wanted to be loved by that, that mm-hmm. person. And I didn't, I, I didn't have the courage to say no. Mm-hmm. So I would say this is, thankfully it was not like, a road rage or something <laughs> something worse the good thing is you you brought it to consciousness already so you're aware of that mm-hmm. you're aware of patterns that you're doing you you're aware of what that led you to do mm-hmm. so this is already consciousness and now it's just allowing yourself to feel that rage it's okay to feel rage mm-hmm. we all have bad hair days and learning from that emotion and also if we think about energy, just pure energy, energy equals emotion equals energy in motion. Mm-hmm. There's no, dis- it, it, it doesn't distinguish an energy from love or an energy from rage. Mm-hmm. Energy is energy. The judgment is from the mind. Mm-hmm. We perceive that, that energy as bad, mm-hmm. 
or as good. But if we take the judgment out of it, mm-hmm. it becomes easier as well because we can then channel that energy to whatever part of our life that we want mm-hmm. without repressing you know, or say, well, this energy is not good. You know, there's no such thing in an in a energy level. Energy is energy, period. Right. Yeah. So true. And that's what it felt like. It was, it was like, an like I could just feel that energy. And it's so true. Like I do that work with like meditation when thoughts come up, it is without judgment. It's just like, Oh, that's a thought, right? Like, Oh, that was just energy. And so it is just fascinating to like get into this work more and, and realize how much power we have as long as we can manage our, our thoughts about it. Cause it is, as soon as we attach meaning to it, it's like the downward spiral because at first my brain was like, Oh my God, is this the type of mom I'm going to be like, of course I went to like all of these negative thoughts. But when I brought it back and like really focused on it, I was like, it's just energy. And like, it was kind of crazy. What a release that rage was like, it was like, felt like it was like, just whew, like I felt, I felt the release in my body. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they're so disconnected from their bodies, like their brains and their bodies, even though it's one and the same, like we just like don't realize how important it is to like pay attention to when we think something, when we feel it, like where it is, where does it live in our body? Because that's how we can get more into it. So, so good. Love, 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 love that. Um, love the shadow work. I think it is so necessary and it's so important because I've realized, especially through the pandemic, how many clients I've been talking to and friends and they're like, I'm just trying to stay positive. And I just, and there's just a part of me that just wants to be like, you don't, you don't have to, like, you're not going to get like a positivity badge, like, because you're trying to stay positive when things are really stressful. Like you can be happy, but you can also acknowledge that like, holy shit, this is, this is hard. I might lose my job. Like this is, this is not easy. So like, there's just a part of me that like, I've gotten more comfortable even just saying that and being like, it's okay. Like you, you, you can take the positivity mask off because like, this is real. This is human experience, what we're all going through collectively. So I want to talk about the marry yourself for like, I love, love, the marry yourself first, because it's, this is something from my own journey with my self love is like, I knew I had to love myself and not just love myself. I had to like, enjoy being with myself. Like, and when I talk about that, I mean like being with my thoughts because a part of my, my journey was I couldn't be alone because I couldn't be with my thoughts, but I knew before I married someone, I had to love myself first. And that was quite the process because it meant accepting all of the things that, you know, maybe were not desirable. So I love the, I love marry yourself. When I saw that that is like your focus, I was like, we need to talk about this. So tell me everything about marrying yourself first. Okay. This, this workshop actually came out of my life experience. So as I was saying in the beginning, I was engaged to a very loving man. He's a great person. And at that moment in my life, I had to make a choice between either going deep and finding myself or choosing between the love of that man. Because he was in Brazil and I 
I just wanted to go to London. And then I decided to marry myself first and to become human. So so that was my decision to, to marry myself first. And also, when I started coaching, a lot of people came to me and said, oh, I can't find my better half or I'm having relationship problem. And this concept of better half just for me, it's criminal. I'm like, so what are you? Are you a half human being looking for another half human being to mm-hmm. complete you? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense. So I started to to really develop that based on this experience. And marry yourself first is for everyone. It's for people that are divorced, people that are married, people that are single, people every time in any circumstance of their life. Because... You cannot give to others what you don't give to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I brought with my clients. You cannot find, try to find someone else if you haven't found yourself yet. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot enjoy your company by yourself, what makes you think that someone else will? Totally. Right? And and then I started to combine as well, because obviously coming from Brazil, I came... I'm from the coast. People show a lot of their body here. So I wanted to bring that on 2020 that it's time for us to be content and like what we see in the mirror, Mm -hmm. but also be able to sit on an empty space with our own presence and yet feel its fullness. Mm -hmm. Because what I saw was a lot of people posing on Instagram on that, you know, I'm healthy, I'm good. But, you know, are you really? What, what is the quality of your thoughts? How do you relate to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you talk to others? So in, other, in others that could meditate for five hours, but was not happy with their, the way they looked. So I thought it was time to bring that together because as a holistic coach and praising to be whole, that's what my main aim was with the Marry Yourself First workshop, to bring the integration of the body, the mind, and the spirit. Because at the end of the day, this physical body is where our spirit lives in. Mm-hmm. And our spirit is this, you know, immortal Mm-hmm. bulb of light that needs to be heard and taken care of mm-hmm. so it was just bringing this integration to become whole really whole and once you become whole and once you establish a good relationship with yourself the world happens from you and not for you mm-hmm. everything else just transforms mm-hmm. but it has to start from within really mm-hmm. and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say oh it's it's just love and you know it's an easy path no it's hard looking at your shadows it hurts as hell mm-hmm. it's not easy mm-hmm. but if you want to live a fulfilled life there's no other way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah, I mean, it makes me think of the quote, like, the only way out is in. So, like, you have to go in to, like, to be, to be free of that, those, you know, the, the shoulds and the needs, like, all of these things that, like, stop us from being who we really are. So that, 
resonates with me on so many levels. And I'm curious, so like, cause you came from like being a corporate lawyer and have you always been like spiritual or did that kind of evolve as you started to do this work? And then, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, like this is just so woo woo and it's just like so out there and there's no like way to like ground this. And I think with your background of being a lawyer and like going through that from like most of your professional career, like I'm sure you had some people like throw in, for lack of a better word, shade at you about what you were doing. So tell me like what that transition was like. So, I, I mean, I'm from Brazil. It's a very Catholic country. So I was baptized, um, raised on the Catholic. But I've never really, I'm very, I'm very curious. So I've been through all religions, like everything you can imagine. I've been to India, I've studied Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, Kabbalah, just out of curiosity because two things I've learned from studying religions. One is their common point of all religions is compassion. Mm-hmm. And second, they say they, you know, the destination, the final destination is the same. It's just different ways of getting there. So totally. it's one message, different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, my having said that I don't, I consider myself spiritual and to take the woo woo out, out of it because I, you know, I've been with very rational minds, Carthesian brains that think I am going crazy or, you know, that, <laughs> that I've lost my mind completely. So I, what I do is I, and with my clients as well, that comes com- from a corporate background is taking the, all the, the misconception and the prejudgment out of the term spirituality, because what it means to be spiritual. Um, and I, I really try to break down. Being spiritual doesn't mean you have to know about crystals or do yoga or do Reiki sessions. It has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all ways, but I've met spiritual people that had never even heard of yoga in the countryside of Brazil. Mm. And these people, they are the most spiritual beings. They're super connected to nature, super connected to their inner nature. Mm -hmm. The way they treat others and how they relate to the world around them Mm. is just the most beautiful thing you can see. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't come from a textbook. It doesn't come from a crystal healing. It comes from their knowledge and wisdom of being the best they can be to best serve themselves, to best serve their purpose, and consequently best serve others. So for me, that's being spiritual, is being kind. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, being kind to yourself, being kind to your loved ones, being kind to people around you and for people you don't know. It it doesn't require anything else. It doesn't require reading. It doesn't require yoga. It doesn't require... Mm-hmm. passions it just it just requires that you you know get in touch with your heart and do the best you can do at that given moment yeah absolutely I love that you said that like the underlying message of all of those teachings are all it's compassion it is love like I the book that I'm reading right now it's probably one of the m- most spiritual books I've ever read is a return to love by Marianne Williamson oh my god it it's is a- <sighs> 
phenomenal. Like, and it, it's, it's, yeah, it, and that's, it's everything that you just said. So it is, it's like coming home to yourself. And I do believe that being connected to nature and then your inner nature is like, is the way through any struggle, any hard time, um, because it does teach you how to relate to yourself, but then also relate to the world around you. So, uh, that, yeah, I was like, oh, this book is so good. It's like, I've like, I'm, re- I'm, I'm taking my time cause I'm reading things over again, <laughs> like, like stuck with me. So let's talk about some tangible tips that people can take that, um, that are, you know, want to be on a self-love journey and, you know, self-love it's such a, it's such a buzzword. It's so trendy. You know, people are like, it's just, it's such a thing, but it, it, it is the way to fulfillment because you have to be okay with this this is all you got, like right here, this is it. And your soul and your spirit, like you said, like, this is everything you have to love it. And, um, I know there's a lot of people that are curious and want to go down that path, but they just don't know where to start. Where's a good starting place for someone. Uh, the, the first thing I should say is if you take that in mind, who is the person you can ever divorce is your, right? Mm-hmm. You're born with yourself, you die with yourself. Mm-hmm. What are you doing between? <laughs> it's entirely your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So to learn how to live with yourself harmoniously, it's of ultimate importance if you want to live a purposeful, peaceful, happy life, right? And fulfilling life. So my first, I would start for beginners. I have this tangible exercise that everyone can do. And it's just to, I ask my clients to close their eyes and start to pay attention to the internal chatter, you know, that little voice that it's incessant in our mind mm-hmm. that can bring us really down and that can lift us up. So I ask them to bring into awareness the quality of that, that, that internal chatter, the, the way they speak to themselves, uh, the tone of the voice. So to really bring into awareness how is that internal chatter treating them? Once they establish that connection, I ask them to, to see how is this internal chatter making them feel, if it's bringing them closer to their purpose or if it's tearing them down. And usually, most commonly, is the latter. It's a very critical voice. Mm-hmm. But on the last step, I ask them to reflect if they would speak the same way as they speak to themselves, to a loved one. Mm. And 99.99% of the time they say no. Mm. So we see how much easier it is to forgive thy neighbor Mm -hmm. than to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard, you know, to forgive ourselves for something that didn't turn out right? It's, it is so hard. And and then that's when self-love comes in because Loving ourselves when everything turns out as expected, you have a good body, you're happy with you, a good relationship, a good job. It's a very easy tap on the back. Well done, girl, you're doing it right. But when life blows up in your face, like it did to me, <laughs> that's when you got to pick up your pieces and with a lot of self-love, a lot of compassion and say, you know what, I'm going to try it once more. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. And you keep trying it. <laughs> you keep going. 
Yeah, it is true. It's easy to love yourself when things are going great. You're like, yeah, I'm awesome. But then it like the problem with that is you don't build the emotional resilience to when things don't go your way, where it just completely flattens you. So it's like having that practice. I love that of like, cause it is, it's so much easier to talk to someone else and be like, Oh, it's all good. than you would yourself. I, I do that as well. Like I'll be like, well, how, how would you talk to your friend about this? Like, let's start to incorporate those thoughts inside into your mind. Now you mentioned purpose and you mentioned like, okay, like, am I doing things that are bringing me closer to my purpose or further away for those that are listening that are, are want to figure out their purpose and they just don't know what their purpose mm-hmm. is. How does one go about figuring that out? Some people are fortunate enough to to discover their purpose very early in life. But if you're not one of those, don't panic. I had to go through five years of bachelor plus one year of master's plus two bar exams to figure out my purpose. So you're all- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Usually when, when someone doesn't know their purpose, I always go back to basic and... I ask them simple questions, one being, what were your natural talents when you were a child? What did you like to do? Um, what made you happy? And, and, and the second question is, I ask them, if you didn't depend on money right now, what would you be doing? Mm-hmm. And the third question, it would be, if you died tomorrow, a bit morbid, <laughs> if you died tomorrow, what would be your regret? Mm. And the answer to that is not, mainly, the answers I received from this last question is not, oh, I would have bought a bigger car, I would have a bigger house. It's, oh, I would be with my, my loved ones more, I would have worked less, I would have traveled more, mm-hmm. I would have experienced life to its fullest. So when you take this problematic, which is, I don't want to say excuses, but it's a barrier to fulfilling your life's purpose. And you, we can come up with as many excuses as we want, right? Oh, I, I have kids. I don't have time. Uh, the excuses I hear are, are huge. But when you know your why, mm-hmm. when you have clarity on your why, the how doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know. Oh, yes. hundred percent. I, that is like so true. Uh, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, start with why by Simon Sinek, but that just reminded me of it. It's like, if you know the why, the how, and the what really, it, it just, it just happens that you follow mm-hmm. your why and it's going to look different for everybody else. I think where people get hung up is they think that it needs to be this like big, like thing, right? Like, like, Oh, my purpose is to solve world hunger, like something like that. Right. But that is not, that's this like unrealistic. And we have this image of what we think it's supposed to be, but it's like, you just have to, I think, quiet your mind, turn off the noise, like allow that voice that the incessant voice, like it's giving information. So it's just like paying attention to that and like listening, like, what is, what's going on in there? Like, because it is, it's always, I feel like there's, we're always providing ourselves with information. We just are so uncomfortable all the time that human beings just want to distract ourselves and turn it off when we have to like really take the time to, to go inward. So I love, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And on that, 
is really it's defining what is success for you because like you said it's it's so personal and so different um i usually say success for a fisherman is having the catch of the day Mm-hmm. For someone that wants to experience motherhood is having a child. Mm-hmm. Success for a career woman is having a promotion. Mm-hmm. So it's just so different and so personal. So your your purpose and your success will be, you know, it will be for you. You will be your way and your shoes is your shoes to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not your path is it's not for anyone to understand. It's your path to walk in. So just like you said, listen, listening to what makes your heart pulse, what brings you joy. Mm -hmm. What does it mean success? You know? Absolutely. So let's talk about like a small action step that someone could take today towards their shadow work and starting to really love their whole self. We can, we can do one, we can do the, I would suggest doing that internal chatter exercise and another one that it's very easy and, but that I I would suggest doing it over and over again for at least 30 days. Mm -hmm. It's eye gazing yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and how long you feel comfortable with, if it's one minute, one minute, five minutes, five minutes and without thinking or without judgment just write, writing it down, what comes to you straight away. Get a pen and a paper and journal it. Mm. Whatever comes to you can be anything, whatever comes to mind. And for the first week, just, just journal, journal, journal for the first week, journal. And then from the second week onwards, read that what you've journal, see how that makes you feel, sit with it. Mm. And then start working on looking yourself with love. Mm. So at first, on the second week, it might really sound that is not honest, that you don't feel that way. You might look in the mirror and say, I love you. Mm. But internally, you're not feeling that way. And it's okay. Mm. You know, it, it's fine. It's usually it's supposed to be like that. But once you go through day by day, repeating that and repeating. And I would suggest doing for a whole month if you can. It's just five minutes of your day. See how that makes you feel. And on the last day, write the emotions that come to you. And then you can look how you were feeling on day one, on week one, and how you're feeling on week, on the last week and on the last day. See if there was any changes just by eye gazing and loving, looking at yourself very lovingly and with compassion. And that is free. You don't depend on anyone else. You just need five minutes of your day and a mirror and that's it. I love that exercise. I think it is so powerful to just look in the mirror, see the thoughts that come, like pay attention to thoughts that come up and that's, you'll, you'll see where you need to work of like what type of um, thoughts you're having about yourself. It's awesome. Thank you. It's a fantastic um, action step. So good. So tell me or tell my listeners, like, where can they find you? What are you working on? What are you excited about? So now I'm just focusing on one social media stream because (laughs) it's just too crazy. I know. Too much. It's like, it's too much. I agree. Doing it. I'm cutting everything and less is more. So I'm Instagram, uh, Fabi underline Doria. Mm-hmm. It's a bilingual Instagram, so you will see the flags there, the English, the British flag and the Brazilian flag. Oh, cool. So I 
do a mix and match. And I do lives on Monday on Marry Yourself First Talks. And sometimes I bring um, interviewees to, you know, just share their, their experience with me. And you can either find me on, on fabiholisticcoaching.com, which is my email. It's on Instagram as well. Or DM me straight through Instagram. Right now, I'm actually in my workshops that I do, did presentially in London, the Marry Yourself First and Being Human, Strengthening the Relationship with the Self. This was my two workshops. I'm going online. Nice. <laughs> going online. So now I'm holding, because I'm in Brazil, I'm already doing this in, in Portuguese, holding group uh, coaching in Portuguese. But I'm going to start as well doing the group coaching in English. So all online. So if anyone is interested, just I will put that all in the show notes. That's amazing. So cool. So how many languages do you speak? Three? Yeah, three. Spanish, Portuguese, and English. Wow. That's amazing. So cool. Awesome. Well, Fabiana, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, um, for your love. Like this was fantastic. I really enjoyed chatting with you and I look forward to connecting with you even more. Thank you for holding this space, you know, and having these amazing women here sharing their experience. And thank you for having me here. I really, really, really appreciate your time and everything else. All right. That was awesome. I could have talked to Fabiana all day long. I want to attend her Marry Yourself workshop. She is a wealth of information, a beautiful soul on the inside and out, and her accent. I could have just could have talked to her all day. Incredible. It's so funny because I used to have such a resistance with Instagram and like connecting with people I didn't know, and it was like my own-ish. I don't know what was going on there, but – since I changed my relationship with Instagram and how I use it as a tool for my business, it has opened up this world that I've connected with incredible people like Fabiana. I would have never had an opportunity to speak to a self-love expert coach in Brazil. Like that is so amazing. I just, I'm, I'm gushing about it. It's like the coolest thing. And just being open to making these new connections and talking to like-minded people and learning about it from a different perspective and culture and point of view, but most importantly, how similar we are and like how we're not that much different. And it is that oneness that connects us all. And I think that uh, that was one of my biggest takeaways when talking to Fabiana. It was just fantastic, fantastic. So if you got anything from this episode, I would be so grateful for a little review action. Why not? share by you taking the time to listen. This is so important because you spent a little time focusing on yourself because some of the things that we talked about hopefully sparked something within you. And the way that it can help other people have that same experience is by sharing this message. So leaving a review helps me do just that, but also you can share it to a friend or a coworker or someone that might need to hear it today. All right. That's it, my friends. Have a beautiful day or night or morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this. Remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friend. 